HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Greg Blaze, and with me in the studio today is my co-host, Kara Warren from The Green Grape. She's a cheesemonger of some renown. How are you today? I'm fantastic and super happy to be here. What up, Brooklyn? What up, Green Grape? Happy, happy. <laughs> awesome. So today is the last um, uh, episode in this installment, uh, last installment in the series we were doing about cheese and art. And... Uh, We've explored the ways in which cheese is embedded with meaning and how it's expressed through film and through music and even performance art um, involving human milk cheese, which was very interesting. Um, And I'm very happy to have two artists in the studio with me today. Um, I have painter Mike Gino. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, thanks. And he is a veteran veteran of the Heritage Radio Network and well-known for his cheese portraits. And you can check those out at MikeGino.com. Thanks a lot for being on the show today. It's an honor. And uh, we also have Caro Bobaltz. Hi, Mike. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> of Red Herring Design. She also pre- presents cheese in a visual medium. Uh, not in painting, but in cheese photography. That's featured in Culture Magazine. We're really the designers. We, we're art directors more than we are photographers. So we're in charge of hiring the people who really do the... The, the artwork. She's the head honcho of all the <laughs> artists. She keeps all the artists in line. And I've seen that happen personally because I've been there working You were with very her. hard to keep in line. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I've been told. <laughs> well, so I'm happy to have you all here. And um, uh, I just want to jump in. You know, my, my first question is uh, why cheese? And uh, I mean, I guess I'll direct this to you, Mike. Um, what drew you to cheese as a subject to paint? No pun intended. Um, <laughs> hey uh, I, I had been focused on uh, food for a long time, and I, I really needed a, I needed a, uh, a new series for an, an exhibit opportunity I had lined up. And uh, I had 
stumbled onto cheese by accident because I had uh, gotten a, uh, a gift certificate for um, a, a really expensive cheese shop, or what I he thought. He won't tell us, people. He won't tell us. <laughs> and, and what I thought was out of my league, which was DeBruno Brothers in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And well-known shop. I, uh, I, it's, it's pretty well-known there. And um, I've, I went in with this gift certificate and just thought, I'm going to spend all $25 on one wedge, which was outlandish to me, you know, crazy. Um, and when I brought it home, it was just too beautiful to just eat. So I, I, it made me want to paint. I hadn't painted it in a while. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm going to paint this. And it sat on my wall. It was just by itself. It wasn't a thought like I was going to go further. And then I, I kind of met someone who was, uh, became a really like cheese mentor for me. Um, and, Who's that? Um, Tanaya Darlington. She's, she's known as Madame Fromage. Cool. And I met her at a party, and we hit it off really well, personality-wise. And, and I remembered her website, Madame Fromage. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go on there and contact her. I emailed her this picture, and I said, do you, could you give me advice if I wanted to do more paintings? Are there enough paintings? Are there, I mean, enough cheeses to paint? And um, she invited me over to her house that night because she lived in my neighborhood. And she started really encouraging me to just try all these cheeses. She started educating me, and uh, I started painting them. And it was it was really a, a good start for me. I mean, I have to say, I, I, one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on, I mean, obviously because you're just an awesome guy. But we'll oh, get that yeah, out of the thanks. way. My mom would agree. <laughs> <laughs> but i I know that the I know that Jesus has objects as well. Uh, there are objects to me, and uh, during a really low point in my life, I was. I started drawing cheese, um, just pen and ink drawings, and mm. I was really depressed. I, I was in my one little room studio in, in Greenpoint, and my reasoning for drawing the cheeses, I thought initially, was because I hated them, and I was really angry at them. And so my drawings were all like these really crazy lines, and I was, you know, I was drinking a lot, and I get watercolor pens, and I was like smearing things on there. But the end result for me was that I found out that the cheese actually had saved me. And mm. then the beauty of them, they, I don't know, it taught me something different, you know? Mm. So I didn't know if uh, if the cheese as objects inspired you after that first piece, if they touched you that way or in some way like that. <laughs> um, I think it's the flavor that maybe touched me the most. Uh, it was the opposite for me. It was It was the people who exposed me to the cheese tonight and then, the cheesemongers, um, they were really excited to to educate me, to to get me to talk about it. I mean, to try it. So they they were talking about it, and um, it was it was it was love at first sight for me. So the cheese was love at first sight yes. for you. Yeah, and Mike, I'm curious. Like, what's your process? Like, what were you thinking about when? Like, how do you get to pick a cheese and then start all this painting? Like, how does that work for you? Like, how do you? What's the process to this? Um, the process starts at the cheese counter. Ah, monger relationships. <laughs> totally. The totally. best kind. I, uh, I, I, um, I usually will be introduced to a cheese. Um, a lot, the cheesemongers in Philadelphia mostly know, most of them know me. And we're really graced with a lot of great cheese counters. And, uh, uh, they, they see me and they're like, oh, Mike, we have something new. You might want to try this. Look how beautiful this rind is, or something. And they start educating me about it, and it's like they're 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 preaching the gospel of cheese, and I I love it. 
Do you ever buy it because it's beautiful and then get it home and it doesn't taste that good? Uh, no, because I've I usually try it. I yeah, mean, they give you a tip. They give a good you a monger. Taste yeah, good monger knows sure, you, you sure. have to try it, uh, and that gives them an excuse to try it with you. So I, I think that's it's not completely selfless um but uh yeah so i'm already thinking about the composition the color the the shape of the wedge that i want like oh no i want it a little bit wider than that or, or not so i'm already thinking about what it's going to look like um, like, when I paint it. So you're, does the monger cut the piece for you to paint, or do you cut it? Uh, they cut it, I, I, I suggest. Oh, Like, more okay, or less, okay. you know, or I'm looking for this. Recently, I was looking to design my own, my own uh, Christmas card, and I wanted a blue with no rind, and I wanted it to be tall like a Christmas tree on its rounded edge. And I'm very interested. I want this. <laughs> I, I, I end up finding Billy Blue from Wisconsin, and it was sure. beautiful. It was. It worked out. Nice. So, Carol, um, what are your challenges of working with cheese as a subject and uh, and food in general? But you know, you, you're you have a little bit of a different yeah, take. I would yeah. imagine. I mean, we're we're working with an edit team in Boston for culture, so a lot of what we're doing is is based on what you know stories are being written. I think our big challenge is um, seeing what the cheeses are before they arrive at the studio and for us to sort of conceptualize how we're going to treat them, what we're going to do with it. Um, There are challenges to getting some of the things in at the time we need them, seasonality or through importing. And the logistics must be tough. Logistics of it, yeah. It's not always. I mean, we have really good connections through the importers. and uh, But we do reach out directly to producers who have said, oh, this is all gone. And they start digging around and they have found the last three of something for us to shoot. And then also getting enough in because, you know, you've been on a shoot with us, but you can see how we can burn, burn through... You know, well, the product on a shoot, finding yeah. the right cut. and Well, food styling, uh, you know, the food stylist job with cheese, you can only cut it once. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And immediately when you cut it, um, you're on the clock. Exactly. you got to get that thing photographed exactly. quick. Because yeah. once it gets oxidized and right. in a, in the environment that is not a cheese cave, which you're not working in. We right. were doing that in an apartment, um, which was great. I had a, a great time, but right. that affects the cheese totally. in a second. And it's so hard, too. We did a best of shoot a year ago uh, that we had 30 cheeses in. And we, oh, my God. We that's didn't, so much. It was incredible. And we, we had pieces that you know consumers don't see. We had a half wheel of cloth-bound cheddar. Oh, so we have this like 20-pound awesome. piece of cheese. And it's like the minute you've cut it, you've cut it. So you better make sure you want to cut it. Yeah. So we must have spent probably three hours trying to figure out how to get that in because we really wanted to show it as a big chunk. Of course, because that's when it, that's the way it's most. Uh, yeah, that's that's how it's most like, impressive. Capture, capture the essence of the cheese. But does, does that does that happen to you too, Mike? When you're painting, is, does the cheese uh, change, or is your yeah. memory good enough to capture the initial beauty no, no. you wanted? My process is really focused on observation, really direct and, and specific representation. So. Uh, yeah, the the more I've learned about cheese and, and my process even grows, uh, I, I have to be really careful about time. Time is a challenge. Um, I, th- I've had some disasters with really gooey cheeses. I yeah, they just run away on you. I, I tried an Epoise in July. That was a mistake. Yeah, that's always a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it just, like, emptied out. <laughs> I mean, I just want to add, it's sort of like a, a cheese counter. You know, we open something yeah. up. We want to move it as fast as possible mm-hmm. because it's got that essence, that aroma that's just, like, unbelievable. Like, I open a wheel of Parmesan and people, like, from all corners of the store start creeping out. You know, it's just, <laughs> like, you want to get to it when it's fresh like that. So... 
it's so funny how they kind of parallel each other, you know, both the art and the cheesemongering counter oh, yeah. area is just one in some Completely. ways. So cool. What are your priorities, Carol? What are you trying to capture most? I mean, I think you, you'd asked in one of the advanced questions you sort of sent to us about, is it, is it like shooting a celebrity? Is it trying to make it the most beautiful retouched thing ever? And I think it, there is sort of a parallel. We do very little retouching on the cheese, but there is something about really making it its best possible version. You know, try to capture the essence of it and the beauty of it. And have that come across to the viewer, make them want to try it, make them hungry for it. it and you have a tough job on many levels because I've done a lot of, uh, of food styling. And like you never and, – and I've worked with you so I know this. Like you never want it to be seem staged. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. never want to see like these almonds need to all be right here. You know, mm-hmm. um, but – but yet you do, sort of, in a way. Right. Like, and that's supposed to be the challenge for you. I remember I was shooting with uh, with Carol, and uh, I had to take a dip of Harbison. Uh, <laughs> and she, we just kept dipping and dipping and well, dipping. And we it was a, awesome. We had a spoon that was too long, so the yeah. handle was too big in the shot. And I'm, like, licking spoons off because yeah, no, absolutely. no, no like, second of Harbison is going to go to waste. And one of the spoons broke off in my mouth. And it was like suddenly we had the perfect length handle. So we were sticking that, you know, dead handle into the cheese. And oh, it actually yeah. got saved as a, as a prop. Nice. Very it's nice. cool. Do you try to make your cheese look sexy? <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Do uh, you think it's sexy anyway? Most are, yeah. Not all. Some. Are you attracted to the cheese? I am. Does it arouse you in some strange fashion? We have a special moment. Nice. (laughs) But you paint it before that moment. Or during. (laughs) Careful, everybody. Careful. (laughs) No, but seriously, though, like... uh, I, I, I I do think about what I learned at the shop and I bring it home. I try to paint it as soon as I can after that. Um, if I have to, I trim the, the outside layer out off a little bit. I think about the angle and the lighting has to be the one what sets the mood. So, yeah. you know, it's the, the very white effect. So, um, yeah. Uh, Did it, you just say that's the very white maybe, effect? Maybe, I'm sorry. No, um, no. You don't <laughs> that works. That, that's works. pretty awesome. First but, of all, you don't have to apologize for anything. I'm not really sorry. Okay, um, good. But yeah, so basically I have to uh, I have to use my imagination and what I've learned. I mean, like sometimes I look on, online and find out what is the history of this cheese? Is there something I didn't know, a story behind it? Um, sometimes I don't know. I haven't decided the color yet. Like it's not, in, it's not always in my head. So, uh, you know, Harbison was easy to choose green as a background. It was just the story about Vermont, the grandmother of Vermont. It was just... How could I not do a green background? So, oh, that's that's that's. I really think in awesome. your brushwork, though, you manage to get a real like sexy quality. You get a, an unctuous quality in the paint oh, that really you. comes through, and I think describes the cheese really well. Absolutely, that's I guess that's why why I asked you. Are <laughs> you looking yeah. for brushwork technique? <laughs> Painter, I'm looking to rip Painter you Lee. off, man. I you should. can go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure anything, and I would I would show you what what I drew, but mine like like I'm I'm not on that like that level. I just think it's awesome that you do it because I know why I did it, and that's important mm-hmm. to me why mm-hmm. I did it and why I like to do this uh, this series in general mm-hmm. uh, because the cheese and and not to be like totally melodramatic, but like the cheese saves me all the time. 
you know, as a, as a human being, it saves me all the time. Because you have crappy days. You have uh, crappy weeks or crappy months. But I know when I was working with you, Carol, and we were in there, I remember in the, I got in there in the beginning. I ranted and raved. By the end of that day, that was one of the best days I had ever had. <laughs> so I just, uh, you, know, does it, you know, that's why I, I had asked you. I didn't know if the cheese saved you in that same way. Oh, but maybe you don't need saving. You <laughs> might not be a twisted, bizarre individual <laughs> like me. Well, look, guys, we're going to have to take a short break here. But uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with all three of these uh, guys and gals. And um, we'll be back in a second. Thanks a lot. You are listening to Magical Mistakes. It's cold and beautiful. Dairy Farm families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Hello there. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm here in the studio with my co-host, Kara Warren, and my guests, painter Mike Gino and Carol. And I'm not going to say your last That's name fine. right, but you're Carol. You, yeah. You're one of those people. You just go by one name. Exactly. Yeah. One of the designers of Culture Magazine. So what I mentioned in the first episode of this series, uh, here on Cutting the Curd, we often like we address issues that are relevant to the world of artisanal cheese. Um, and the American Cheese Society defines cheese – well, well, it implies something that I want to read to you. Implying that a cheese is produced primarily by hand in small batches with particular attention paid to the, to the tradition of the cheesemaker's art and thus using as little mechanization as possible in the production of the cheese. So the ACS doesn't use the word craft or skill. You know, they use the word art to describe the process behind the types of cheeses that have affected, like, so many of us in this industry. So, you know, and like before the break, guys, we talked about this a little bit, but the subject of art, I was wondering how much of you either interact with cheese as a process or, you know, how much do you know about the cheese making process? Does it inform your art at all? Um, Do you ever find that the cheese itself is an art object? Um, Mike, maybe we talked about this. uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, uh, my education has been, you know, growing since I started this. 
it, 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 I knew nothing in the beginning. And um, the more I know, I, I think it's really helped the way I approach it mentally. When I'm painting, I'm thinking, I'm focusing on like what you were asking. I would like the the sexiness of it. Like I'm actually, I focus on a lot of that in my head while I'm painting, intentionally. I'm not just daydreaming. And uh, knowing the cheesemaker sometimes has been really interesting to me. I've met a lot of them now because I've gone to the ACS uh, meetings. Uh, you know, I've been to the last three conferences, and I've gotten to meet more and more cheesemakers. And then some of them invited me to their local. Uh, creameries, and I've gotten to see how they're making it. So I've gotten uh, a lot more interaction and, and gotten to know them. And, and just understanding that has really, it's motivated me too. It's, 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 but it's definitely, it, it has an impact on my, uh, my mental approach in the studio. That's fantastic. I mean, the truth is, I think cheesemakers and the cheese industry, all the sales reps, it's like one big happy family, I swear. I mean, it really... It helps you appreciate cheese to that next level, and I'm so thankful to be a part of it. And it's cool to hear another piece. Like, Mike, I'm so glad to hear you say that as well. I just think it's totally true. Like, And that probably makes your art even better. It takes it to that next level, which is so cool. Really, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it's – I didn't know that much about cheese when I started working with culture. And I would say for the most part, the, the process doesn't affect us so much. Occasionally, I mean, we've learned a, a lot about presenting cheese and – and how to show it in its best light, and kind of how to you know use smart food handling techniques. We had a shoot that came in, and there was some cross contamination, and and one of the the publishers said, "Nope, we're not, we can't do that. That's not something we should be showing." And we didn't know, you know, as designers, but we, you were looking at it just as art. We're looking at it just as art, and it sure. looked like a really cool shot. Um, so we know to sort of avoid certain things. But I think to you know, there's there's absolutely an art to cheese making, and. You look at some of the just incredible examples of beautiful cheese, like a Blue 61 or, or some of the leaf-wrapped, like Up in Smoke and some of these things that are so artisanal-looking and, and gorgeous. But then also the happy accident feature. You know, you, we have a, a column that's a regular feature called Great Mistakes. Hmm. And it's about people who will sometimes age a cheese incorrectly or do one part of the process one way and then forget about it and get distracted and do it another way. And I think that's very much a creative process, too. You know? It is, and it's a windfall. As a cheesemonger, I sell mistakes all the time. Mm -hmm. People are like, this wheel is totally messed up. And then I sell it all in two days, and people are like, where the hell is that? And I'm yeah. like, that's never coming back. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I recently painted one, actually. I, I, I was introduced to it at, at, a, at the market, and I, I'm like, yeah, I'll buy one of these. These are great. I got a whole wheel of this, and it was called Conundrum. And, oh, and cool. I didn't know what that was. I just thought, oh, I'm going to paint it, and it's beautiful. So I painted it because it was, it was great. And then um, I'm looking online to find out information before I put it on my website, and I can't find anything. And I asked the cheesemaker, and she admitted she was looking to do something else. Uh -huh. And then they had a whole, a whole you know, crop of this, and I don't know the word. And um, Access? <laughs> okay, yeah. So they weren't going to be making it again. Yeah. It was a one-of, and it was wonderful. I but loved it. isn't that cool it. how you got so – so that cheese always will exist forever. <laughs> it's because, memorialized, yeah. Because you painted it, <laughs> yeah. which is really awesome, I think. Yeah, you know, that's, that's very cool. That's a – that's that's really sweet. It's the same. You do the same thing. I mean, you know, you once you put it there, Carol, like it's there. Yeah, I guess it? I guess it is. You know, it's uh, it's fun. I do feel really honored to be working with cheese. I've learned so much. Is the science important to you guys? See, as a cheesemonger, I'm at the end of a long funnel. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, 
And as I've grown in my trade, uh, I realized that the science of cheese making and knowing a lot of ancillary information that was simply not important to cheesemongers in the beginning part of my tenure is very important now. I always try to deny science. I skipped most of my science classes in high school. Uh, but I, You and me both, Greg. You know you what I'm saying? Both. But I'm <laughs> yeah. bound by it. And I just was wondering, if, if uh, are you enamored of the scientific process of making cheese? I think it's sort of a it's, – it's kind of – there's a dividing line in the, in the staff of the magazine. I think we're realizing that we're serving sort of mongers and the maker community, but we're also wanting to get consumers excited about cheese. And I'm really on this, the consumer side of it, I have to say. If I see one more VAT shot, to me, I'm, I'm kind of mm-hmm. done with the VAT shots. Because where, where it starts getting interesting for me is when it, it the aging process, I think, and the affinage. It's, that's where it starts well, That to makes for some beautiful for pictures. Mm-hmm. Cheesecake pictures are, yeah. are gorgeous, mm-hmm. you know? Very romantic, definitely. You know, seeing a dude bent over a vat of cheese, we can, like maybe his underwear is showing in there. Like, you know what I mean? Rubber yeah, gloves. I, most, I think it mostly <laughs> looks the same to me there. I mean, I know it doesn't. No, it does. But it's, you know, it's just kind of like, ah. Well, that's a right. process that when you're involved in it, when you're involved in making the cheese, it's, it's rad. It's the best. Mm-hmm. But I agree. It's not the... More for me, but but what do you think, Mike? Would I you... think I think the science uh, serves uh, a, a portion of the cheese world, but it's not necessarily going to um, help the general public to approach it, find it, you know, accessible. So I think what Carol and I do, and a lot of people are doing that you're interviewing, you know, we're we're actually giving access to to cheese to a world that we thought we we couldn't approach uh, through aesthetics. So I think it's it's a really good way for America, especially. Um, to to start to understand it better, so it's not so scary. And it is definitely scary, or at least mysterious to some people. You know, cheese is always that that mysterious thing. I, I just was wondering, and, and I'm I'm not being facetious. Mm-hmm. Like, would you ever paint a, a a vat? Would you ever paint a, a picture? Yeah. It, I, if you know, I I probably wouldn't end up doing that. I, I really approach every subject with what I find attractive about it. And there's a lot of things I probably don't find attractive. Now, you know what I, I find really cool lately is um, the microbial universe. And I know that's like name-dropping a word everyone's into right now. But like the molds, like, mm-hmm. you know, when they do those close-up shots of mold now for cheese or any kind of mold, I guess, they're so beautiful. And people uh, are like agreed. super. Yeah, getting, they are. I mean, the rinds are amazing. Rinds are like the new cool thing in cheese right now. Everyone's like, you know, surface rind, natural rind. I'm like, all right. Well, it looks like know. some sort of alien planet, you know, yeah. or... Yeah. Blue cheese has been such an easy thing for me to get into. I love it to eat it, but to to paint blue cheese is so much more fun for me. There's a lot more challenge involved, and I got to a point, and, and this is part of the, the process here where we, we learned about it more and more the more we work with it. Uh, I was able to um, identify the maker of a cheese because I knew that blue had a certain pattern. Oh, you you knew it by the streaks. I had painted Jersey Blue, and um, that's I, a great cheese. And I end up painting uh, another nice. blue of his. Uh, I forget how what it's called right now, but that Willie Schmidt's. Schmidt, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it was such a. I said, "Oh, that's is that Jersey Blue?" And she's like, "Oh no, the monger was telling me no that, but it's the same maker, you know. And we we don't get this cheese much, so you should try it." And I'm like, "Yeah, it was wonderful." Now you know cheese is obviously that's. 
I love Willie Schmidt too. I love all of his cheeses. The, hard to get, very uh, hard to get. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get my I get my stash, and I'm happy, and then I sell it to the. 12 I think you're a like, very lucky guy. Me? Yeah. Why? I I think you have connections that even the connected don't have. Oh man, come on. <laughs> well, we probably all do. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, so cheese as a food is obviously you know. It's meant to be eaten, it's meant to be smelled, it's meant to be tasted. So how do you, you know, it's all sensory for, for me. You know, I often get asked, what do you love most about cheese? Why do you like cheese? For me, it's texture. I, I, I have tasted every sort of cheese. I will eat cheese in any stage. But it has to be the right texture for me. And how do you communicate the sensory experience that you like the most through photography in cheese? I don't know that you really can. I mean, I think I think you have to rely on what you know about cheese. You know, you can you can kind of get an unctuous quality across, or you can get a crystalline quality across in a photo, but to get a real taste and smell, I don't know that you can. I think it just ends up being, I've had a washed rind and I know it smells this way, and maybe this one smells that way, and I liked it, and this looks really good. I don't know that you can get it across in photography. No. I don't know. But people were making porno mags for years. <laughs> Hustler was well, a but really I think, but good, isn't, isn't well, that based, sold great. Isn't that based on, like, knowledge, though? Like, don't you have to kind of... I don't know. But is, <laughs> is Culture a magazine for voyeurs? Or, uh... Cheese voyeurs, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're all that. I, th- I think focusing on uh, the specific... Um, qualities of your subject, like whether you're photographing or painting it, I think what we have to do is just really focus on on the qualities of that. The surface, the texture, when, luckily for me, the way that I paint, the way that I use paint, it really works perfect for um, recreating that surface. Uh, I, I try to I try to focus so intensely that um, I, I forget where I am. And I'm done the painting before I realize it. And then, you know, I, I learn later sometimes that how successful it might have been because when people see it and they walk past it or they see a reproduction of it, they're like, I knew what that painting was or what that cheese was before I read your title, you know. And people are following me on Instagram and they're telling me, uh, I love trying to guess it before I scroll down to see what, you, what cheese it is. You know, I've been able to do it. So I'm totally honored by that. That's rad then. Yeah. I mean, do you use – so if you have a cheese that could be a younger cheese, a, a Toma that's six months, but you get it when it's 12, I mean, does that affect your choice of colors that you use? I, I, I'm completely honest. So if, it, if it's got like some browning inside, yeah. I, I celebrate that. I don't avoid it. No, it's, it, that's, that's cool. I mean, I, yeah. and I know like – I know you have to have the stark – perfect we're looking we're cheese. looking for the perfect thing yeah but we do we honestly do very little retouching i, I think we've no, i know we've, you do we've lucked I, into <laughs> to really getting great specimens um your job's very hard yeah I, I, mine's I, a lot easier <laughs> we've had a few You're both really we've hard. had a few sort of you know rescue jobs we had a piece of raclette that kind of arrived probably in good shape but a week later mm. was not in good shape and the monger had a, a magical way of putting it all back together. And mongers, man. We're, we we, we couldn't do, do it magic. without the mongers. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Thank, thank you. <laughs> no, I, I, I have done a lot of uh, – I told you when we were working together, I used to, to do the, the food styling for Dean and DeLuca back in the day. 
and uh, we would have, I would constantly have to be running. The photo st- uh, studio was across the street. And so someone would be like, cut that Briat Savaran in half now. And I'd be like, you sure? They'd be like, god damn it, just cut it. I'd be like, all right, no problem. Then they'd be like, it's all yellow now. The rinds peeled away. I was like, yeah, that's why I didn't want to cut it before. So I would have to go back and get another one. You know, that time, the, the time constraints that you're mm-hmm. under are, are much different. Um, and, but cheese, as Mike, when you were talking about the colors, and I, I still, like, I, I love what you do, and I oh, love, and I, I loved drawing cheese, and I, I, like I said, it, it, it literally saved me. But my cheeses were, I used the most ridiculous colors and just scribbly lines. Like Annie, ha- Anne Saxby has one. I gave her a, a little uh, a picture I drew of like Parmigiano knives, mm-hmm. and they all the blades were like teal. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. weird colors that would never exist in cheese. Um, but do you ever do? Do you ever go a little surreal like that and go out with it? Uh, no, I, 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 not for this. No, I don't. There's I no don't. pop art series coming up soon. No, <laughs> it, it's it's a different. That's a whole nother game. How many cheeses have you painted in total? So far, uh, I, I'd say I'm getting really close to 200. Oh my have god! You, now, just because I'm I'm not a well educated man, has now have you shown them all at once? Ever? I've never owned all of them at once. Yeah, you should show them all at once. I think. I think they're so, they're 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 owned very widely. You know, there's people started buying them after they saw them in culture. So I met Carol here, you know, through the internet uh, when we worked on um, a really amazing spread that they designed for uh, the first exposure of my painting. So it was the first time the Cheese World found out I did this. What did you think when uh, you worked with, with Mike oh, that I, time? Oh, I was blown away. I mean, we, we started on culture and the issue that Mike was featured in, and really 90% of that issue had been sort of designed and was determined when we came in to, to design it or had been art directed. Um, and I was like, wow, these paintings are incredible. And I, then my next thing was how many can I afford and where, <laughs> which ones am I going to get? And we have three hanging in the studio. What are they of? Uh, I think you have Morbier. I have Morbier, Morbier. and I have uh, I have something. I have something. I can't remember now. (laughs) I know I wanted one of the blues, but it was sold already. Mm, Oh yeah, but uh, I I honestly yeah, she she, that was some of the originals that I made for the first show that I was going to have, and thinking that I would just do like twenty twenty five. And, uh, you know, luckily being featured on, on, on Madame Fromage a couple of times when she came to my studio and photographed and put them on her blog, um, uh, the, the editor at Culture contacted me and invited me to be on that issue. And then people, for the first time ever, started buying directly from my website. And I, I hadn't experienced that. And so many people are fans of that magazine. Uh, the main food critic in Philadelphia featured it. So Craig Laban is like a big deal, and he just wrote a little paragraph, and because he loves culture and he loves cheese. Yeah, and for anyone out there that's listening to this that doesn't that isn't aware of culture, um, because there must be at least three or four people in America that don't know what Culture Magazine is, you have to check this out. It's the it's the best cheese magazine I've ever seen, and I've seen a few of them in my time. I've seen some absolutely horrible ones that made me think I never wanted anyone to ever make a cheese magazine. And then Culture came along, and I was like, wow, this is like 
what it's you know what it is, and I think it's really cool how you guys uh, worked together, you know, on that on that shoot and uh, and helped each other out mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. Uh, uh, well, I have two more questions. Uh, I'll ask you <laughs> second. Um, what's your favorite? What's what's the one that you would never part with, and why? Oh, I don't have that. No, I don't. Yeah, I, that's not how I work. I, I really want to keep going, and I don't keep any of them. I mean, they keep selling, fortunately, so I'm really lucky. I do have you know access to the image. I always before the original goes off, I make an archived, color corrected, perfectly reproduced image. So I have a file to print from, and I have the files. I have those. I have the prints, but um, the originals, I, I have about 15 right now. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, uh, I, uh, that's cool. That's a that's a really awesome. That's a cool way to be. I'm really am, lucky. But yeah, no, that's that's great. I I would not be that way. I there would be some that nobody could get. I'd be, I'd be like, you can give me your car for that, maybe, <laughs> maybe, and and if it was a nice car. And um, lastly, I wanted to ask you, Kara, what's what's your favorite? What's the best looking cheese you ever shot? The best looking cheese. I really loved Blue 61. Um, there have been some really surprising cheeses, things that had a look that was so scary. And then the when you taste How are they it, scary? Just like, you know, the rind looks like architecture. It's a brick, and it's slimy, and it's it's just like... doesn't Can't. doesn't seem like it's going to be a great cheese. seems like it's going to be a really angry cheese. <laughs> angry to photograph or like... It, angry to taste. Yeah, like you, would, well, you wouldn't want to put and it in your mouth. There was a, there was a blue de buffalo that I remember. Oh. We picked it up from a warehouse in Long Island City. And the car was just redolent and 10 miles back to the studio. Yeah, that's stinky stuff. And mm. we pulled it out and we were wrapping it up to put it in the refrigerator. And it's, it's just... It's kind of going everywhere. It's just... It's got a life of its own. And... We kept it. We can't. We don't cut anything until we're ready to shoot. So we bring it to the the session and take a bite, and it's just the most mellow, wonderful cheese ever. And it, that was, I think, the most surprising thing I've encountered. That's right on. I really. That's right on. What's your favorite Mike Gino painting, Kara? Um, it's actually. I think it's sort of newish. I want to say, but I saw it on Instagram. Oh. West West Blue. I have to say, uh, yeah. that was a really pretty blue. And I was like, seriously? I totally followed you right after that. I was like, this is <laughs> happening. I mean, I, I even on Instagram, I think that's how I discovered you. And uh, there's just, like, so many cool, like, like f- photographs of cheese. And uh, just it's so amazing how cheese can be this transformative, like, art on its own. And, and then when you taste it, it takes you to that place where you're like, oh, my God, this was made in Switzerland. Or this was mm-hmm. made in Vermont. And it always is like a mind blowing experience, and I think I'm so lucky as a monger to even like go through that with a customer. Like every single day, I'm like, "Hey guys, check out this piece of art!" Like you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's so beautiful, and it's it always makes me happy. I guess Greg and I are on the same page with how cheese has made our lives so much better. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, like like I was saying before, the sen- the sensual sensual <laughs> sensory. I got a lot of problems. You this is to, your Barry White effect going into place, Mike. Uh, the sensual <laughs> effect of cheese. <laughs> the sensory um, effects of cheese on 
on my brain or something I'll, I'll never forget because, as you know, flavors get locked way back in in your brain. And I'm a country mouse living in the city. I'll probably never get to make it back to the country. But every time I eat certain cheeses, I'm back there just for a second when I was like a kid and I never had to wear shoes, you know, and I could like run around for six months of the year and do whatever the hell I wanted, you know, and uh, that's that's true. And um and I think it's really cool that you know both of the that both of you guys are able to capture those in a way that even though I'm not eating it when I see it, I'm still transported in that same fashion. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So I wanted to thank you guys both so much for being on the show. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to close out. Um, but before we go, I also wanted to mention an awesome Kickstarter that you wanted to talk to us about, Mike. So maybe you want to tell us what that's all that's all about. Right, yeah. One of the, the benefits of, of working in this uh, world, this cheese world, was meeting a lot of great people. And one of the, the, the best, you know, cheesemakers I've ever met, like as for, the best humans, um, is Sue Miller at Birch Run Hill Farms. She's got this Kickstarter about to launch uh probably uh by wednesday and she's just asking for a modest amount so she can get a cheese cave of her own so she could start making more art she makes some great cheeses yeah um the washed rind cheese that she makes Uh, her her red cat yeah is love is beautiful beautiful cheeses well so and um what's the link to that how do we how do we get people to donate to that? i don't have the link but if if you look up birch run hill farms you can find it easily Check or, them out. Or, or or follow them on Instagram or Twitter. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys again, Carol and Mike, for coming on and for to Kara for, uh, for co-hosting with me. Thank you. Uh, this was a fun series to do. I love to talk about cheese and art and, um, you know, just to dish about cheese in general. Yeah. So everybody have a great night. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd. Take care. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.